Hey everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend Lucy is back on the podcast and we're talking about the movie Long Shot. Hello, Lucy. Hey, Shelves. It's good to see you. Well, hear you virtually. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you back on. Thank you so much again for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. So a few things about this movie. It was released in May of 2019. It's directed by Jonathan Levine. It's written by Dan Sterling and Liz Hanna. It stars Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. The IMDb.com summary is, Journalist Fred Flarsky reunites with his childhood crush, Charlotte Field, now one of the most influential women in the world. As she prepares to make a run for the presidency, Charlotte hires Fred as her speechwriter and sparks fly. It has a 6.8 on IMDb, and it made around $53 million worldwide. All right, Lucy, you know the drill. First question is, how would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? Okay. I was very torn about this. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> well, I feel like we've gone back and forth about my numbers. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, is this going to change as soon as we finish this conversation? <laughs> I was giving it a 6.75. Okay. Which doesn't sound great (laughs) as I'm saying it, Um, but I did actually really like this movie. Okay. Mm, Yeah, we'll we'll go on. We'll go on. Okay. (laughs) That is very intriguing to me. Um, Okay. So, yes, I I look forward to unpacking that score. Off the bat, my score is an eight. Okay. Which surprised me as well. My follow-up for you, what is your relationship with this movie and what made you want to talk about this film? Yeah, great question. Not really sure. Because uh, <laughs> I don't have a particular attachment to this movie really at all. I watched it, I think it came out two or three years ago, maybe? Yeah. I watched it. It was definitely pre-pandemic. I remember being in a theater in LA and I went um, when I was visiting one of my girlfriends down there. And I remember hearing that this movie got good reviews and being surprised because I was like, why would like this looks terrible? It's a Seth Rogen movie where he's like an unattractive guy gets like a beautiful, talented woman who's like running for president. I was like, this is not going to be good. (laughs) So so I I went anyway with with my friend and I was actually pleasantly surprised that it actually has a lot that I liked about it. But for me, it's still there's just still some a little bit of maybe frustration. Like I was torn. Part of me was like, should I give it a seven? Because it's like an easily digestible, rewatchable movie because I did rewatch it to talk about it today. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's good, but it's not. <laughs> oh, I love but it. OK. Change your life. <laughs> Agree with you a hundred percent. So okay, so I think you and I are kind of maybe uh, in the middle in the sense that now I'm starting to question my high rating. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Similar to you, I actually remember because it's not that long ago this movie came out. I went to see it in theaters by myself, and I was kind of just like, oh, this movie. I should go see it just because we don't get a lot of rom-coms coming out in theaters. So I was like, oh, this is a big moment. It's Charlie's. It's Seth Rogen, A-list stars. But I wasn't completely sold on wanting to see it just because, yeah. as you said, it's just like kind of a weird pairing off the bat. And I admit, I walked out of the theater being like, I don't, I don't think I liked it. I, I was just kind of confused about the movie itself. But I will say, though, the rewatchability factor is quite high. Yeah. 
this is maybe my third time seeing it, you know, in preparation for Convo. So like, I've decided that the more times I've seen it, the more I like it. So that's Mm -hmm. why I think I'm giving it an eight. But I'm curious how we'll unpack our scores, because I could also be flexible to like lower my score as well. But all in all, it was really funny. And I thought it was sweet at times. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Yeah. So in terms of specifics, what are some things that you like about this movie? It's funny, when I was prepping for this, I feel like the things that I liked about it are also the things I didn't like about it in a weird way. Interesting. I guess what I liked about, well, first, like, Charlize can do just freaking anything. Like, she she can do any movie. I mean, she's just the range. She's so freaking talented. Like, I guess this is the version of, like, you know, her, what is it? She could wear a brown paper bag and people would be like, oh, my God, she's me. You know, like, she's just so, like, this is the movie version of that. I feel like she can just do anything. A thousand percent. (laughs) I think what I liked about the movie was the fact that they talk about the nature of politics being so gendered. Like, obviously, this is, you know, a reaction to the 2016 election and the hoops a woman has to jump through for the approval rating. So I feel like a lot of the humor that comes through the movie is a response to how freaking ridiculous it is. You know, there's a point where she's taking a micro nap and she's, like, sleeping (laughs) while standing up. And it's so just, like, good Lord. Like, you just look at some of this stuff, like, waking up at 3.30 a.m., the ridiculous gendered questions that she's asked you know there's a point where a reporter from like something like it was supposed to be about like a very serious topic and she's like oh my hair products like would you ask a man that but just kidding it's mayo so cheap like it's it's so ridiculous and so like I love that they're poking fun at that that they're that they're talking about that and it is really you know it is really funny but I think also that's kind of what stings a little bit about this movie and also what I kind of don't like is that when you actually think about it like no woman has had like we don't have a woman in the like now we have a vice president in the white house that is a woman of color which is very exciting Mm -hmm. but like not having a woman reach the highest office also is just like you know like deep sigh and so like that is it's both sort of where a lot of the humor comes from in the movie and why it is really enjoyable to watch but there is sort of just like there's a lot of heaviness in that we like don't have that (laughs) right and also kind of just you know I mean Seth Rogen hooking up with like a beautiful woman you're like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) like this old hat (laughs) yeah that's really funny because I I'm not anti Seth Rogen by any means you know he's funny and I appreciate the films that he's put out for the most part but I think we're just so conditioned to his stuff being like very gross and very crass and very juvenile humor so then when you're partnered up with Charlize who I a thousand percent agree with you I actually like definitely have a girl crush on her she's beautiful she's elegant you're just like what in what world does this work but I think if people give this movie a chance it's still like a very unbelievable scenario but sure I think at the end of it and again like the more times I've seen it I'm just like okay sure why not you know like Seth Rogen he's not obvious leading man material but I think that I might like that about this and the character that he plays as Fred is humorous and silly but I think ultimately he's a man who sticks to his principles which is something that I admire which they juxtapose, I guess, each other pretty well. Uh, Fred Flarsky and Charlotte Field. Yeah, I I definitely hear you. 
Seth Rogen. Yeah, he he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. whatever on Seth. <laughs> yeah, I, I was funny, be- or it was funny because I was typing up my notes and I just had like all these like things to say about Charlize. And I was like, I guess I should add something about Seth. Uh, sure. And I had like one bullet point, but I will continue to wax on about Charlize if you'd like. Oh, please. She's the best. (laughs) She's so good in this movie. So my observation is that I don't think we've seen her in a lot of rom-coms. She primarily does like action, badass, or a little bit darker material. I was very pleasantly surprised that I really enjoyed her in this genre. So I think similar to you, I liked it, but also might be why I didn't like it is that well, no, I guess it's more of a why I like this movie. It's that there's a lot of girl power. Mm-hmm. As you say, it's very gendered, but I didn't think like I was hammered on the head about it being so ridiculous that a woman should be president. I think they humanized her a lot. We see Charlotte struggle a lot in the job, but she's really good at her job too. I just really, hands down, I would watch more of Charlize doing rom-coms. I'd be very happy to watch her. Oh, 100%. Have you seen Tully? I have, yes. Yeah, I was just, I, just because you, I was thinking about like her as sort of an unlikable character and still being likable, you know, <laughs> yeah. she, just in terms of her being able to do anything. But I agree. I think having her in more comedic roles, I don't know if she's been in any other comedy roles that I can think of, at least at the top of my head. So yes, more Charlize, more comedy, yeah. especially yeah. now, please. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like, you know, 2021, we just swore in Kamala Harris first woman VP amazing lots of excitement around that but I think when I was watching this movie this was like Trump era and so you're watching this and you're just like oh this feels so far away from where we are now you know but I had this feeling of like oh this is this is really close like now you know watching this in 2021 it was just very timely but in a very optimistic way for me at least when I sat down to watch this last night the president in the in the film now, of course, I don't remember his name. Who who um, what is that? Bob, Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah, Bob yeah. Odenkirk. He's great. Yeah, I mean, former TV star. Now he's the leader of the free world. But now he wants to segue to like make more influence as a movie star. You're like, it's too close. It's just sometimes it's too close. Yes, a thousand <laughs> he's percent. Really yeah, <laughs> so funny. I loved that bit. Um, and they just kept on trying to name actors. George Clooney and I forget who else they said just were able to transition to from oh, TV. Oh right, to film. Like Jen Aniston was she? Was she? <laughs> I would I would say she was not, but keep going. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, we got to talk about this this cast besides uh, mm, Charlize yeah. and Seth. Just hilarious. June Diane Raphael, who plays, I think so it's her chief of staff, uh, yeah. Maggie. Yeah, hilarious. She's so good. She steals it for sure. Yes, she's delightful. I loved her. And then O'Shea Jackson Jr. as best friend Lance also just had great funny bits peppered throughout. And I really appreciated him. Yeah. Other things that you like? Um, I think if you can suspend your disbelief on this film on like some ridiculous things and just mm-hmm. enjoy the ride of it, which now that I'm saying that, I'm like, I feel like I've said that before about something else we've watched. But <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. This is a good pandemic movie. This is like a good, just like, Mm. 
it will make you give you some giggles it, it's a little cringy but like overall i think the fact that seth rogan and Charlize theron it's their sort of chemistry and the fact that they they actually hold it together really in terms of how their relationship builds that makes it believable uh-huh and i think if you can suspend all that you watch it it's great like that's why i'm sort of like oh 6.75 but i'm like you should still watch it right i think you put it great is just that it's a fun pandemic movie yeah it's just fun and there's a lot of giggles and it's a nice kind of make-believe world where we do have a woman president and she's able to partner with a man who is has a blackmailed video of him ejaculating on his face like you know all these things but again like one of the things i liked slash didn't like but I'm ultimately putting it in the camp of what I liked about it is that it was very unexpected at times it was hilarious like boys to men I always appreciate when like a real life band is in the movie as themselves I remember watching this movie in theaters and then that whole scene about the explosion like the gunfight happening in Manila I was like what's happening is this like an action movie now I was just very (laughs) confused But, you know, I think that needed to happen just to, like, bring them together. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, like, so out there at times. But I was like, all right, I'm I'm in for the ride. I'm here for it. It's fine. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So let's move on to, like, things that we didn't like about this movie. I think we've kind of alluded to it already. But is there anything else to add for you? No. I mean, I think think it's kind of the same stuff. The sort of, you know, just, like, it's sad that we don't have, you know, a woman in the highest office yet. Mm -hmm. And also, it, I think at first it feels a little eye rolly that it's like, of course, like a gorgeous, powerful woman like needs to like get some guy to help her like loosen up to be more funny. You know, like it's just, right. you know, it's sort of the same stuff that's a little cringy. But again, I mean, it's unfortunately relatable content. And yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, it was kind of kind of the stuff we we chatted about. Yeah, I want to just add one thing though is. I just remember, again, the feelings I had while watching this the first time. I like it more now. So the first time I watched it, I just remember seeing the scene when best friend Lance, who comes out as uh, a Republican and a Christian, and I was just like, oh, this movie's trying to do a lot of things. And I just like wasn't feeling it. I was like, it's Mm -hmm. trying to be so preachy right now. But I get what they're trying to do and say. And I think that they were just trying to like sneak in added layers just to make it slightly more interesting and more like of the time. I don't think I needed it, mm. but ultimately I, I, yeah, it makes Lance, I guess, funnier. I guess I will counter only a little bit in the sense of I appreciated those scenes for the fact that Fred is so, so judgmental. Yes. You know, like he's so just like principled for the sake of being principled. Like mm. he quits a job that he could have gotten fired, like gotten fired from, didn't even need to get fired from. Like there's, you know, like you're existing in a system of capitalism, bro. Like what are you going to do? <laughs> like, yeah. What are you going to do? Know, what are like, you trying to prove? Yeah. So, like he's so just self absorbed and so judgmental that I think you know, as the film progresses, Charlize and their, you know, their relationship, it kind of helps him relax and and sort of come to the realization that he can't, you know, he has to compromise. Like, I mean, he was going to turn her down for the job in the beginning. It's so, you know, it's crazy. Um, So I did appreciate the scene, at least as a foil to be like, yo, dude, like, you're so not even paying attention to anything. Yeah. So I appreciated it in that sense. That's a good point. I think I was just being too literal. I was just Mm, like, oh, we're blue states and red states can be friends or like people shouldn't be ashamed to be 
openly Christian and all these things. It's like, well, duh, like these these shouldn't be problems. But I think like it was just really trying to hammer that home. Mm -hmm. So moving right along into themes, I confess that I don't think that this movie for me was saying a whole lot of deep things that was new to me. One thing I took away is that, you know, again, opposites potentially may attract. And this whole idea of trying to see things from a different perspective is really important, as you mentioned. So I really appreciated the foil they were to each other. I think it does, in fairness, at least shine a light on the unrealistic standards that women have to do when they're portrayed in the media, when they're a public facing figure, you know, like all of those jokes and stuff are shining a light on that, which if people don't know that is really sad if you don't know that, but (laughs) (laughs) but it is a theme that the movie covers. (laughs) You know, I, I think I laughed a little too hard at the scene where they were pulling her wave. It just, yeah. her wave was horrendous, uh, but it it just cracked me up. I was like, these are the things that people, women, I guess, who are trying to run for high office have to worry about. It kind of got me thinking about polls. But yeah, I just couldn't imagine living a life where literally everything about you is polled. So example is like Charlotte, her gracefulness is a polling category to the point where she's unable to eat skewered foods or it's like something that she needs to even think about. She's like, oh, well, that's not graceful. So I guess I can't eat that. It was funny, but a little sad. And then separate character was the Canadian prime minister who's played by Alexander Skarsgård, which was LOL, really, really fun. Um, But yeah, his, his laugh is pulled to the point where he needs to change his laugh. Okay, but like he did mean to change his laugh. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, You're not wrong. I mean, I know there's a reason why, there's many reasons why I'm not running for office, but like I just don't think I have the thick skin where I could handle being pulled on everything about me. Well, also, I think it's highlighting the differences between how men and women are pulled as well, you know? But I agree that like, one of my favorite scenes is when she's when she's walking down the stairs with the boys to men at the fundraiser and she's yeah. just like I'm so hungry and I'm like yeah. oh girl have we all been there yeah <laughs> like, she just wants to stuff her face she's yeah. so hungry and she's walking down and she has to get like blocked to try and like shove chicken in her face and then they're like spit it out spit it out <laughs> <laughs> like it's so like oh yeah, yeah. She's like, make a wall so she can like crouch down and eat this chicken off a skewer. It's just outrageous. But it's like, yeah, these are the lengths that she has to go through, unfortunately, for sure. There's a lot of gendered topics here. But I think I think I just found it as a form of escapism for me. I'm like, I know there's a lot of problems to it. And I think it proves that women and men are uh, treated incredibly differently. But I was just like, I'm here for it. Exactly. I think that's that's the sort of perfect what I was trying to articulate earlier. It's like I both liked it and was like, oh, God, you know, like it's like both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So one of your favorite scenes is the chicken. But anything else in terms of favorite scenes? I just I really I mean, I loved Lisa Kudrow in a lot, you know, (laughs) in going over a lot of the details of, you know, trying to get her scores up or the funny things where they, they would put, like, a famous movie star with, like, Adam Duritz. Or, like, they were trying to compare up, like, how her relationship would be portrayed by the by the media. I thought yeah. it was really funny. <laughs> I think, overall, the arc of the tattoo was really... Oh, yes. <laughs> was I mean, I also forgot about that opening scene. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the tattoo part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, really, really where that went. <laughs> that was pretty ridiculous. 
they just kind of like insert it in the humor in a lot of different places in terms of like Wembley News being a comparison to Fox News where they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, after she has that really wonderful speech talking about climate change and like, you know, and she adds a lot more humor to her speeches through Fred and they show all these different news outlets sort of like praising her and then it's like Fox News is like, oh, she's still a moron. (laughs) You know, and you're like, oh my God. Like, again, it's just like, it's so funny, but it's funny because it's sadly true. Yes. I think the real winner here is the producers that made Alexander Sarsgaard unattractive. Because, like, <laughs> how did you manage to do that? Because he is so perfect. And in yeah. this movie, I was like, woof. Like, the fact that you can make Alexander Sarsgaard unattractive <laughs> and Seth Rogen attractive, like, brava, whoever you are. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is such a good point. Yeah, Alexander Sarsgaard, he's just, like such a dope I read a review that called him just like a boob and I was like that's such a great encapsulation he plays like this ridiculous boob of a character the French and just being overly Canadian and just the I don't know the hair the like laugh it's just it was all perfectly unattractive yep (laughs) it's impressive when you think about it (laughs) yeah for sure So one of my favorite scenes is actually, I think, one of the more tender parts of the movie. It's when they're slow dancing to Roxette, It Must Have Been Love, which I love that that's a whole bit. Um, Yeah, they share this really cute moment at this gala. Like, they sneak off into this room. I remember, like, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, no, this is going to become something really crass where they're just going to make, like, passionate love in this room. But it's like, no. It's just this really tender moment where they're like, oh, I have a crush on you. I have a crush on you. And let's slow dance and let's kind of like be goofy and rock out to this classic 80s song. I don't know. I just I was like, this is a really sweet moment. And I really liked it. Yeah, it was. It's That's a good scene. <laughs> and then immediately after for me, I don't know. I think such a small scene I laughed so hard was when Maggie and Tom are found out that they're sleeping with each other (laughs) fred is just so grossed out maggie and tom who are the aides to charlotte they just they have a difference of opinion of how many times they've slept with each other he's like oh three and a half and she's like maybe five and i I, it's just that whole exchange just i was snorting with laughter it was so awkward yeah that's a pretty good one maggie's great in so many of her scenes she's great She's so good. And then I just wrote down the the quote, hostage saved, motherfucker. (laughs) Or when she's trying to tell Fred, like, not to talk about drugs in in the room where clearly everything is being recorded. (laughs) Shut up. I mean, that's also just, like, so ridiculous. The fact that he's literally walking through the metal detectors he's like oh yeah all of his drugs like he's just yeah. like he's just taking yeah. like weed and cocaine out of his pot like all these <laughs> things. can you even imagine i mean for real wild Ah, uh, it was great i mean yeah i think to your point the the humor is just peppered really really well all throughout i just found myself laughing a lot more this time than i think i did the first time i get it i get what's happening so you kind of just are or i was able to just like relax and go with it sure and I know I called this out earlier and needing to put so much disbelief aside but one of my favorite segments is usually the WTF moments but I'm realizing for myself I'm starting to get a little bit more forgiving on these scenes uh just because and especially this movie it's just so outrageous yeah I'm sure people will have a lot more to say but just the ones that I wanted to make note of was you mentioned the beginning scene 
Fred runs out of the window at that white supremacy meeting, he clearly should have at least one broken bone from his body. (laughs) He just walks away slightly limping. And I'm like, whoa, that was a hard ass fall. The movie opened with a bang. He's had a lot of falls. Yeah, exactly. I think the physical comedy that Seth Rogen does in this movie was funny, but maybe par for course as as him as a, I don't know, actor or character. But it still elicited like, oh, shit, reactions from me. Sure. Yeah. And then these are like kind of nitpicky now, but Fred is actually an investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he transitions to being a speechwriter. I mean, I'm not a journalist. I am not a speechwriter. But I would imagine there would be quite a big learning curve into becoming a speechwriter for a very public-facing figure. So it just seemed to kind of uh, very conveniently jump and swiftly that Fred was just good at both. Yeah, I think that most of this movie is unrealistic. <laughs> I mean, to your point of just like, kind of the whole movie is unrealistic yes i'll agree with you i also think like they spend a lot of time with her doing molly at a rave you know what I mean? like, yeah yeah just so, like quote-unquote relatable and i'm just like okay and then she has to like negotiate a hostage deal mm, sure like sure. But, also, but also if you just go with it it's quite funny you know i mean yeah. she's smoking the cigarette and she's like you know we don't negotiate with terrorists but we do negotiate with homies. You're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, she calls the president an asshole. It's like, that conversation is recorded, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you know, I think the reason I'm able to kind of sit with this ridiculousness and maybe not be pointing out what could be hundreds of WTF moments in this movie is that, like, I think automatically you're just along for the ride. I probably have said that, like, a million times now, but... It's consistent throughout. There's never like any real moments where they're forcing us to snap back into reality. It doesn't bother me that the movie is so outrageous. But there are a lot of times when movies, it really doesn't sit well with me with how outrageous it's trying to be. In terms of rom-coms, I mean. Sure. But for some reason, this movie is just like, okay. I think because it's smart enough to hold your interest and it's got the star power enough that they're engaging enough to keep it going along. Like, I think that's what covers up a lot of these plot holes. I mean, who doesn't know you need to cover your camera on your (laughs) Come on. Literally all of mine are taped up right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially if you're working in a government job, right? Like, yeah. And the coming on the face just, I, I mean, yeah. It's a lot. I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, again, you're just like all these really, really outrageous moments just kind of keep you laughing and just like, okay, I guess this is what's happening. It's very on brand for Seth Rogen. Let's be real. Yes, absolutely. What do you think of the ending of this movie? Completely absurd. I mean, her speech (laughs) is... If we focus on the sincere parts of her speech, which is, like, she actually realizes that, like, she does want to stand for something, even if it means potentially losing something. I think there's enough sweetness in there to, mm-hmm. to like, make it hold, you know, that she doesn't, what she's done this whole time, like, watering down this something that's really important to her. Like, she doesn't want to be that, but she also doesn't want to lose the presidency. And, you know, I think, obviously, it's completely unrealistic all of it happening but it is so sweet and you you obviously want it to end up that way but yeah (laughs) yeah I agree with you it's tied up as usual in a very nice bow everybody wins (laughs) all the good people win I guess I should say and then like 
I, I do want to say that I liked how they fast forwarded to the inauguration and, and Fred giving the White House tour. I always appreciate when they fast forward a little bit in the storyline towards the end. And I was just trying to think how I, it would have been even funnier is if we got to see President Chambers, who's Bob Odenkirk, I would have appreciated a mid credit scene of him like in the movies. <laughs> but it, I think it might have been funnier if he was just failing at the movies as well. So that's a good point I hadn't thought about. More time for Bob <laughs> Odenkirk is always a good thing. Yeah, I don't really have a relationship with him. I, I didn't watch... Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. We need to completely stop the podcast and focus on only that statement. (laughs) I know he's, um, I mean, I'm just going to sound like a complete idiot, but he's a very big character. Yes. In in Breaking Bad. Oh my God, I love you so much right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is. He's got a whole spinoff series. Yeah. So yeah, duh, Michelle. But like watching him in this movie, I know that he's a very big figure in TV on that show. So I appreciated him in this movie, even though I don't watch Breaking Bad, but. Well, we're in a global pandemic. So I'm just saying you have time. I can write a whole list of important TV shows you should watch. That's definitely one of them. I would totally be down for that list. Um, And I know that like, I think I do have it on my Netflix queue because I know, I think it's on Netflix still, Breaking Bad, but it's just like such a time investment. Sure. Is my issue with like sitting down and watching these heavy TV dramas. Fair. But I guess maybe eventually I'll get to it. I don't, I don't know. I should. I mean, I also feel like we're in a global pandemic and things are pretty rough right now. (laughs) So also like protect yourself. If you need to watch some more like light and fluff and not like uh, about a drunk kingpin, like I get it. I'm just saying it's a formative piece of television, but like I get it. Like wait until we've got some vaccines going, you know, totally cool. For sure. Yeah, this is my form of escapism and my form of therapy through this pandemic. It's just talking about ridiculous love. So... I think you mentioned earlier that these characters to you are quite likable. And I agree with you. I think they're both really likable. They did a good job in, I think, us getting on board with wanting Seth Rogen and Charlize to be together. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned at the top of this, it's like, yeah, this is, mm, in what world does this happen? But like, sure. why not? Why can't this scruffy guy get the beautiful girl? And it's it's a story that I think should be told. It has been told, but like, I think they're both really competent and capable people at their jobs, which I think we are rooting for them in that sense. And like, on some level, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're dealing with the same shit that I think we all deal with is like, oh, I have a crush. Does she like me? Does he like me? But it's the way that they navigate it, which I think is done in a really, really in a well done way. But yeah, I I just think that they're both quite likable. And I think I'm surprised by that, I guess, Mm -hmm. is where I'm coming from. Yeah, that's very fair. I think um, I think a lot of what helps it work is the fact that they knew each other as children, mm-hmm. you know, and that sort of that's the meat cute, really, you know, in certain way, in certain ways, sort of back <laughs> that whole comedic story and the fact that they really connect over wanting to do something good, wanting to be of public service, really, like in different ways, sure. And like Fred goes about it in a typical white male way, you know, and sort of like him learning to compromise and learning that he's not always right to be less judgmental you know to kind of find himself and her also I mean I guess she has less of an arc in the sense of sort of her political roles it's really just coming back down to her being true to herself and what she is trying to do in this role and not getting sort of jaded I think that's Mm -hmm. what makes it work yeah I think that they are able to bring out the best in each other as well like I think Charlotte 
we see her as just like living for the job. But when Fred enters, which is quite tropey, he's the one who introduces her to like relax a little bit and maybe enjoying life a little bit more in terms of like watching Game of Thrones and watching Marvel movies and taking Molly and, you know, going out to party. Like these seem very, very trivial. But I think to Charlotte, like she has just been maybe so head down and like not really seeing anything but work. But I think that he brings a lot of balance to her, which I think is important ultimately as well. So I'm on board with them as a couple. But in terms of relatability, I think, I don't know, I didn't have anything to say about this because I was like, I don't really relate to either of these characters in a sense, but that's okay. But I think a lot of times when I watch these rom-coms, I find that relatability is kind of something I look for. But in terms of this rom-com story, none of it was relatable. Sure. But again, it doesn't bother me that it's not a relatable story. Yeah, I think it's, I think the parts that are relatable are them, to your point of like bringing out the best in each other and like remembering what it is they actually want to accomplish in life. Like those are the parts that I think are relatable in their relationship. Yeah. So I think in terms of favorite character, Maggie, hands down, is my favorite character. (laughs) She's so good. She's so good. She's great. She's definitely one of the highlights. A lot of comedy coming just straight from her. And also, like, who doesn't know that type of protector and guard dog for for Charlotte? But also, I will say, again, Alexander Sarsgaard, being kind of unattractive and gross. Impressive. I mean, maybe not my favorite character, but just, just all around impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have loved to see him, like struggle a little bit more in this movie to win Charlotte's affections. I would have appreciated more screen time from him. But do you watch Grace and Frankie? Have I asked you this question already before? No, I think I've watched one or two episodes. I didn't get hooked in. Although a lot of people say they like it and I should give it a couple more episodes. So maybe that'll be my homework. I would recommend it just because it's so silly and really entertaining. But yeah, Maggie, who's played by June Diane Raphael, is on Grace and Frankie. And that's how I know her. Oh, okay. I was just really happy to see her like on a big screen. But yeah, so many good bits. And then I just wanted to, I I mentioned Lance earlier, Mm -hmm. O'Shea Jackson Jr. (laughs) I wrote down two bits of his. He has a bunch of bits that made me laugh out loud. But towards the end, he randomly yells Wakanda forever. (laughs) I was just like, what? like, what? (laughs) And then um, he tells Fred that he should date Taylor Swift because they're white and they don't have any cares in the world. I was just like, Who's writing this? I I wonder if he was just ad-libbing these things because, again, just peppered throughout. Just made me laugh. He's got some great moments. I also love, I was like, oh, putting alcohol in a LaCroix to walk in the street. Clever. Yeah. Clever. (laughs) I was like, I don't know why. I don't even drink. I just found that amusing. (laughs) It was so specific, though, Lucy. It was like, give me the Pample Moose LaCroix. I'm going to put Johnny Walker Blue and some CBD oil in it. Like, why the Pample Moose LaCroix? Why does it matter? But... Yeah, great idea. Because nobody drinks the coconut LaCroix, Michelle. That's why. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> is it? Is that like common knowledge that Pamplemousse is the best LaCroix flavor? I mean, is it? Is there a flavor you prefer? I, I'm i not uh, a loyalist to LaCroix, so wow. I'm not wow. like, I know, if we're learning a lot about me right now. Um, <laughs> I think lemon lime is like one of my favorites. <laughs> what? Is that weird? I mean... I, I'm going to go with yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is absurd when you think about it, because 
sparkling water with a slice of lemon or a slice of lime it's delightful but i'm like no pomplemousse is the correct answer i do enjoy passion fruit do enjoy a good mango once in a while okay okay i don't know why we're talking about this (laughs) (laughs) pandemic life it's it's slow I mean, I'm sure most people probably have an opinion on their favorite uh, LaCroix flavor. It's just, you know, Lance, I guess, clearly loves his pamplemousse. Just also just, again, made me laugh. Okay, so we clearly see in the movie that Fred and Charlotte get married. They settle in the White House. But what do you think? Do you think that they stay together? Are they, do they make it as a couple? I'm going to go with yes. Mm -hmm. Part of me is like, oh, I would like her to have like a an affair later on in life but (laughs) just want that for her (laughs) who does she have an affair with someone like the prime minister alexander (laughs) skarsgård i think maybe this is actually treading treading gently into like what i want (laughs) oh (laughs) now we're learning more about you yeah i'm like maybe this is just me and my own fantasy with alexander (laughs) skarsgård Yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. I think in the context of the film, they totally work together and they'll probably stay together because they seem very sweet together and they have, you know, their childhood stuff and he's really supportive of her and, you know, she's Mm -hmm. doing badass lady stuff, saving the world. So, yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. Yeah, I'm also inclined to think so as well. And I think you mentioned this earlier, which for me is important in terms of rom-coms and the believability if a couple stays together is like if we get to see them on screen for the bulk of the movie, I'm more inclined to believe that they get together and stay together because you actually see the chemistry. You actually see a foundation of a relationship being built. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they have like their teenage history, but also through the course of the movie, we get to see them get to know each other as adults. And it's not just like some uh, wistful across the room longing for each other type thing, which is quite tropey in a lot of other rom-coms. But I, I think that they seem to be on the same level intellectually. They really respect each other. And yeah, the on-screen chemistry, I bought into it. So sure, they stay together. Sorry, just the last part about the on-screen chemistry. I was like, hmm, sex scene was so bad. But you know, it's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I was like, not actually. They do have a certain chemistry, Yes. They had no good sex scenes. It was just bad. It was just bad sex scenes. (laughs) Yeah. I actually noticed that as well. I wonder if that was purposeful because we see them about to have sex, but... Or no, no, no. We did see them have sex that one time and they they both came really fast and said, oh boy, at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty I forgot about that scene. That's, yeah. Fast forward to another sex scene. Yeah, we don't really see any kind of sparks fly uh which yeah that's why i was like i wonder if that's purposeful do you have any thoughts of the music of this movie it's funny when i was thinking about this on rewatching, there was one where it's a big thief song shark smile and i just really mm. like big thief so i think i just noticed that obviously just because i like that band but i also obviously boys to men i mean who doesn't love yeah. that whole scene is great it's just great and uh, what was the one you were talking about earlier with the slow dancing uh, it must have been love by yeah. Roxette. 
that was great. I guess, yeah, I guess it's got a pretty decent soundtrack. A couple of the, a couple of the mixes between sort of 80s and more popular stuff. Yeah. It kind of proved to me that I am the demographic of this movie or like our age group, (laughs) just because like we know who Boys to Men is and like would fangirl for them. But also there's a Frank Ocean song playing in the background Mm -hmm. at one scene, you know, like, so it's, it, I think it marries well the like, the music I grew up listening to and the today music, which I wouldn't be able to tell you any artists of today. But yeah, I think it, it flowed really well. And I was like, oh, I know this song. I know this song. I really like this song. Oh, I think I know this song kind of thing. So it just kind of kept me more engaged, I think. I think I've shared this anecdote on a previous episode, but I actually went to a Boys to Men concert in Vegas like a five years ago or something. That's awesome. Uh, Lucy, I lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I I did not expect it. You know, I've seen like on TV, like people crying at concerts. I'm like, why are they crying? This doesn't make sense. But I was fully one of those people. I not like tears streaming down my face, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is a big moment. I did cry. I love it. I just didn't see that in me up until that moment. I was like, I guess, I guess that is me. And that's the only time that that's happened. That's amazing. That's a great story. Have you have you seen people live and like have I know you you go to live concerts a lot, right? Yeah. I mean I used I mean pre-pandemic. I used to. Yeah. yeah, I guess I do. Do you have those kinds of reactions ever? I I can't think of a time I've ever cried at a concert. I mean, yeah. I've certainly seen my fair share of like amazing shows that were just like I saw Solange at the Greek that was like incredible. Oh, wow. And I love Sylvanesso and their their shows. I saw Phoebe Bridgers, you know, at a really small venue in San Francisco called Bottom of the Hill that was so amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of shows. I saw Jenny Lewis that I really, really liked her show. Yeah, there's a lot of shows that I really, really like, but I don't know that I've ever been moved to tears by a show. Yeah, That's yeah. impressive. That's, <laughs> I appreciate that in you. I don't know if you need to be impressed by it. It could be just like, oh, Michelle, really, though? But that's okay. That reaction's fine. Bringing it back to the movie, I appreciated that Charlotte, like, fangirled out over Boyce. And I think, I think she left a conversation with Alexander Skarsgård, right? She was just like, okay, bye, Boyce to Men's on stage. And she just, yep, like, that was the draw. And I was like, I identify. I totally see her. Do you think this movie is beloved? This IMDb rating is a 6.8 and you're giving it a 6.75. So what are your thoughts? I guess it's not beloved. I mean, it's not beloved in the sense of like something that you're going to watch over and over again and sort of, you know, wax poetically about. It's it's a mm-hmm. great pandemic movie. It is watchable. It's light and fluffy enough. Will it? Mm, yeah. Beloved? No. I wouldn't say there was a lot of buzz about it or yeah. heard about it and a lot of friends talking about it or excited about seeing it. I literally think I went to watch it because there wasn't else, anything else playing. And I remember hearing that it was good and I was surprised by that. And I was like, whatever, I'll just go with my girlfriend, hang out, like watch a movie, no biggie. And then was more pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I don't think that it's beloved or even that popular. So even though, you know, I'm giving this movie an eight. And that being said, I actually do think that this movie is slightly underrated and I think a lot of people probably see it. They're like, eh, Charlize and Seth, like, I don't get it, right? Like, you and I had those exact yeah. feelings going in. But I think that if people watch this movie, they will accept it for what it is. 
And you're right. I, I was doing some reading on this movie and the critics really liked it. Oh, interesting. The New York Times dubbed it a critic's pick. I was like, oh, that's really high praise coming from the New York Times. Hmm. But this movie is actually considered a box office flop. It didn't make that much money for, I think, the star power it has. Mm. So, in, and also in my trivia is that this movie actually was released a week after Avengers Endgame. Mm. That's ringing a bell. And I think that that's why the box mm. office numbers are very low. I think this movie premiered at South By, so there's some kind of inherent buzz around this movie. But for some reason, I guess people just weren't sold to even like walk in to like buy a ticket for this movie Mm. yeah and I I get that I think I just it's unfortunate yeah it's definitely not the type of thing I would have normally seen in a theater this would be like a airplane or wait Mm -hmm. streaming movie for me yeah which by the way is not still not streaming you have to you have to still rent this one which also was surprising yeah I think this movie was on HBO like a few months ago but when I was trying to rewatch this. Yeah, I had to rent it on Amazon to watch Same, this yeah. movie this time. I, I mentioned also that I went to go see this movie by myself. So I think at the time I had AMC Movie Pass, where mm-hmm. you can like watch unlimited movies. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> so sad. I miss movie theaters and going to movies. Amen, girl. But I also, similar to you, was just like, do I want to go out of my way to go see this movie? Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately... I did just because I was so, like, again, I mentioned, like, rom-coms, we don't get a lot of theater releases now because it's a genre that a lot of people don't take seriously and don't want to spend a lot of money producing and making or even spending to go see, right? Like, we just usually wait till it streams. But I think a lot of people probably had the same feelings I did. Yeah, I walked out just being like, do I like it? (laughs) So um, one of the questions I have here is, I don't know if there's anything to expand on because this movie is like one and a half years old. And I know you've mentioned quite a few times about the gender differences, but do you think this movie's aged well? Overall, yeah. I mean, I think most of the stuff themes are still applicable. Yeah. Yeah. If this movie were to be made today, are there things that you would change? Just make Alexander Sarsgaard the star. <laughs> what has he been in that you love? Alexander Sarsgaard? He's been in... Um... True Blood. He's been in Little Drummer Girl, which is an excellent John Le Carre novel adaptation with Florence Pugh, who I adore. So I haven't seen any of the things that you're talking about. You haven't seen True Blood? Okay, now that's a good pandemic TV show. (laughs) I'm just saying, if you need other pandemic TV shows, that's a good one to watch because that's pretty light and fluffy and it's hot. It's about vampires, right? Yeah, but it's not really about vampires. It's just about like social movements and stuff like that. I mean, I say that very loosely. It's it's just like a light and fluffy TV show. It's actually yeah. there's just like a lot of sex and like Anna Paquin's great in it. I just remember like reading about it. Just be like, is this just a vehicle for like softcore porn? Because there's a lot of sex in it. You're not wrong. <laughs> like, how do you not want that during the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> He's so hot in that. She actually married the the other lead, the other guy, too. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, name. yeah. That was like a moment. I remember where True Blood was everywhere. And I was just like, oh, I don't have Showtime, so I don't watch this show. Oh, so funny. But yeah, what else was Skarsgård in? Because he's got, what's so, his brother? There's more Skarsgårds. Yeah. I, the only thing that I think I watched where he was like a main character was Big Little Lies, season one. Uh, I did not watch season two. That was a bad show. <laughs> Sorry, this has now just turned into me giving you TV recommendations. <laughs> I'm here for it. And I'm fine with that. Did you not like Big Little Lies? No. I mean, 
it's fine. Like, I watched it because I needed to know what happens. There's plenty of dumb stuff that I watch. Yeah. But it's not like a, I mean, it wasn't like an enjoyable show and it wasn't really that believable. It wasn't like a great drama. I think it got a lot of awards, though. So that's interesting to me because I think like, and I haven't talked to anybody else about this show, but like, you're the first person who's like, not a good show. I've heard people say season two was not good, which is why I never watched it. But I read the book before like the show was even a thing. And I was also just like, the book is like, eh. So I was like, kind of surprised they're making a TV show out of it. Mm. But then once you get like all that star power, you're like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. But yeah, Skarsgård for me in that show is just like, ooh, this is hard to watch. Oh, so that's kind fair. of my relationship with him. Well, I have just pulled up his Wikipedia page. And wow, he's been in a lot. A lot of stuff I do not recognize. Apparently also since like 1984. What? Um, what? So he's been, I did not really, he's in Zoolander? We're going to have to look this up. Oh, yes. He plays one of the dumb male models. Okay. A lot of these I do not recognize. The Legend of Tarzan? He played Tarzan? Oh, yes. That I knew that he was in. Like, he, that was, like, one of his big, like, Hollywood leading roles. That's when he's just, like, ripped. Like, whoa, his body is unreal. But I did not see the movie. Well, out of all of them, the only one that I can really recommend is Little Drummer Girl. It's an excellent miniseries. Got it. Well, and True Blood. True Blood, I would definitely. Now I want to rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, he's, he seems to have had a very interesting and diverse filmography. So very talented, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess I can understand why you were on the on the train for Skarsgård. But um, I don't even remember what the question was. I have no idea what we were talking about. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, this, if this movie were to be made today, you would add more of him in this movie. Yes. 100%. Yes. I think this movie, obviously, is quite modern. It's trying to say a lot and not trying to make it strange as in having a female president. I appreciate that in that sense. I don't think a lot would be changed. And for me, I really appreciate it when there's diversity amongst the cast. And I think that they tried to do that here with O'Shea Jackson Jr. being Lance and Tom being one of the aides for Charlotte. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But yeah, it's always something that I'm always on the lookout for. Okay, so moving on to trivia, I couldn't find a whole lot of interesting to me trivia. So Andy Serkis, by the way, who I guess we haven't even mentioned, plays Parker Wembley. He's the one who just decided to do all this crazy prosthetic makeup. Oh, mm -hmm. to look like Roger Ailes. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Seth Rogen is a producer and so is Charlize on this movie. And they're both just like, okay, I guess if you want to make that character choice, you can. But like, it was not under anyone's direction that he should do that. I, I was just trying to think about him. I know that he's like very small in this movie, but I rarely see him play him without any digital effects or without makeup. I think he's really good, but I just think maybe he has like this weird thing where he just needs to be uh, disguised heavily. I am having trouble remembering who this actor is. I'm going to go look it up. Andy Serkis is Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe that's his jam. Yeah. So one note of trivia also is that Seth Rogen and O'Shea Jackson Jr. are supposedly college roommates in this movie, but Rogen is nine years older than Jackson. I also read, but I don't know if anyone else will find this interesting, is that this movie was in production for a really, really long time. Uh, apparently, Seth Rogen and his production team had thought of this movie like five, seven years ago before this movie was made. 
And they kind of wanted to make like a pretty woman type movie, but like roles reversed. Hmm. But yeah, once Charlize signed on, she helped tweak the script and was down to work with Seth. So yeah, I don't know why I find those kinds of random factoids interesting, just because I think like, sometimes I look at Hollywood, I'm just like, oh, you know, Hollywood's Hollywood. But no, it's a business. And it's hard to, I think, grasp that sometimes. It's like, oh, it's just entertainment. But no, it's it's all about money. Always. Everything's always about money. Money, greed, blah, blah, blah. That's what my friends and I say. <laughs> money, greed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like it always comes down to money, greed, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just always. I love it. It's, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just life. Um, but I think we can wrap it up unless you have anything else to add. Actually, I have a question. Yeah, please. So I'm sorry, remind me of the rating you originally gave it. An eight. Do you still agree with giving it the eight? Um, hmm. Part of me wants to say yes. Part of me wants to say no. So that's, you know, a non-answer, basically. Say more. I think I really did enjoy this movie. I do Mm -hmm. think that it gets better the more times you watch it. But Mm -hmm. I don't know who else is watching movies over and over again like I do. I understand that it's fit for a low rating if you're just going to watch this like once. I wonder if it's an eight in the sense of a pandemic watch, but like Mm. a six in like an actual movie. (laughs) Mm. So that's a good point because is this a good movie? No. Flat out. Yeah, right. No, it's it's not. (laughs) But I think this brought a lot of levity to me, maybe because... I needed it and sure. thus the higher score. And I, I think I was just pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. about how much I loved Charlize in this movie. So I think it's those things kind of boosted the score. I guess I could also go lower. Like I could give it an eight, like me on a good day, maybe. Like if I'm just finishing watching the movie, laughing, and you're like, what would you rate it? Eight, fine. But if you sit with it, it's like, oh, well, there's a lot of like quote unquote problems with it. I guess my safe answer would be probably a seven. Mm-hmm. Not trying to convince you either way, just was very curious. No, I appreciate the grilling on it because like these scores are not based in any kind of science, <laughs> right? So it's just how I feel after I watch it. And like what I think after I've thought through these questions that sure. I've arbitrarily chosen to talk about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what about your score? Are you sticking with it? I almost could go lower. Oh. I could go lower to like a 6.5 or a 6. Got it. You know, same thing. Like as we're talking about it, I'm like, "Mm," but I'd still recommend it. I think the reason I put a 6.75 probably is that is like I'd actually still recommend it as a pandemic watch, which or like something to watch. Like, no, you didn't need to run to see it. But like if you Mm -hmm. need something to cheer you up or like, you know, a little light and fluffy for the evening. Yeah, go ahead. Throw it on. Yeah. Separate from this movie. Now, just because I'm like curious how you would rate things, what's a movie that you would give maybe like a nine? Just off the top of my head, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ooh. Love that movie. Well, it's not really a rom-com, just a rom-sad. Um. Yeah, I love sad. <laughs> I'm like, would that be on Michelle's list? Nope. Uh. <laughs> um, but that's a great film. I've been wanting to revisit that movie. I haven't seen it in a really long time. And I think there's something also to be said about when you watch these movies. Mm -hmm. The nostalgia factor, for sure. Yeah. Nostalgia, for sure. I don't remember how long ago. Let's just say, hypothetically, this movie came out 15 years ago. Life 
for us was so different 15 years ago mm-hmm. and you've lived 15 years more of life. So it's like revisiting certain movies, you're just like, oh shit, this is a lot heavier or like it's saying a lot more than I remember it being when I was 15 years younger. So that's a movie that I've been wanting to really kind of sit down and watch and unpack a little bit more. So if you do a rom-com sad week, you could do rom-sad weekly. Rom-sad. Just or wa- <laughs> rom-sad for a week. <laughs> Let me know. We'll do a rom-sad edition. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Um, if I ever do Eternal Sunshine, you are the obviously the first person I will call for that one. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that would be, like, super high up for me. Or, like, Parasite is probably a 10 for me. I think that's, like, a perfect film. Mm. I think things like The Big Lebowski, I mean, that's an excellent film. Yeah. Holds up. Great movie. Watched it a billion times. Yeah. Or some of, you know, like, There Will Be Blood or um, it's a Western with um, um, No Country for Old Men. That, I would say, is probably, like, a nine in my book. Great movie. I mean, I just, like. Confession. Yeah. I haven't seen either of those movies, which, okay, I know. Yeah, I, I'm embarrassed by it. Like, I actually have a, a separate a list. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm embarrassed by it. I don't really consider myself to be a movie buff, but I really mm. like to, like, read about movies. And eh, I guess I have my lane, clearly. But I've actually started a list of movies that I've never seen slash I know I should have seen already. Mm-hmm. So those two movies are definitely on that list. I'll get to them eventually. Yeah. I have, I mean, I've got like millions and millions of recommendations in, in that department. <laughs> what is your like top 10 or like what would be like a nine or 10 in your book? Almost Famous is like one of my favorite movies. Oh, interesting. That tracks. Okay. <laughs> That's the only movie that I can think of at the top of my head. Sorry, I, I don't have any elegant segue, but and at the risk of taking up so much of your time, I think my last take is just agree with you. It's it's just a fun escape of a movie. And if you've listened to this and you haven't seen this movie, I'm not really sure why you'd be listening to this, but uh, <laughs> I think you should go give this movie another chance. Thank you, Lucy. Maybe we'll do Eternal Sunshine at the Spotless Mind one day. Rom-com sad week. <laughs> <laughs> you, like lose all your listeners. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love a good cry. Thank you, and I look forward to doing another episode with you in the hopefully near future. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always a good time. Thanks to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can check us out on Instagram at Romcom Weekly, and please give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And please let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate this on a scale from one to ten? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Bye. 